This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. I'll be with you at this time every day until Thursday. That's when Libby returns from uh, winter break, uh, New Year's break, as it were. I'm curious to know, how much online shopping did you do this holiday season? And if you did do some online shopping, how comfortable did you feel doing it? I mean, comfortable in terms of you're entering your credit card, you're entering your address, you're entering your phone number. How comfortable are you doing that? Do you feel like it's everything is going to be fine? Or with what seems like more and more hacking and cyber hacking jobs that seem to be coming up more lately, are you more reticent? Are you going back into the actual bricks and mortar store to buy your Christmas gifts? 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-744-740. Certainly, we all love the convenience of getting what we want with a simple click of a mouse, but that convenience almost certainly comes with a risk to the privacy of your personal data. Here's an example. According to an IBM survey, 55% of Canadians are more concerned this year than last year about having their personal information compromised. And that could be in part due to a the data compromises we seem to hear about on a regular or at least occasional basis. So how do we make ourselves less vulnerable to falling victim to cybercrime? Joining us until the top of the hour, Ray Boisvert, IBM Canada security partner and former assistant director of CISA's intelligence and more recently security advisor to the province of Ontario. Ray, it's great to have you here with your expertise. Well, hello, Jane. Yeah, pleasure indeed. And thank you very much for uh Well, let's start with that broad question. How do we make ourselves less vulnerable to becoming victims of cybercrime? Well, I think you characterized it extremely well. It's it's a challenge, and I think the perception people have, Canadians particularly, um, is one of some anxiety. Um, There are lots of changes going on. There's lots of new opportunity, especially around the ease and accessibility of of e-commerce or electronic commerce or online shopping and so on. But, of course, the um, with all these opportunities comes uh, a number of very measurable threats, and those measures are becoming increasingly clear. We, we know from our survey that you mentioned that about 35% of Canadians, and this is a pretty broad survey of over 2,000 adults in Canada, said that they themselves are something they know was hacked. So, obviously, that, that number is is high, it could possibly be even higher. It all depends how honest people are about these sort of things. Because sometimes there's a, an aspect of embarrassment, which we can right. come back to if that's of interest uh, to your listeners. But it comes down to this idea that right now, at least by one measure, it's uh, it's close to a trillion dollars uh, in terms of an industry, in terms of cybercrime. And it's being perpetrated by extremely well-organized cyber criminals, And that accounts for probably about 80%, 80% of the actual cybercrime. So I feel um, the uh, same levels of concern that all Canadians do, but there are there are ways to, to manage those issues and to help mitigate those risks, and it starts off by these kinds of discussions. 
and having some levels of awareness of the threat or the problem, and what can we do to help fix it? I, I want you to get on the phone with us, uh, Ray Boisvert, security expert, IBM Canada Security, and assistant director of CSIS Intelligence, former assistant director. So here's somebody who really knows about security. And, and I want to hear from you about how much of your personal information you're now entering online. Is it as much as it used to be? Are you doing more online shopping where you're having to give over your credit card information and your personal information? Are you doing more of it or less of it? Why? I think these stories are really interesting, Ray. I mean, for instance, I would say that I'm now doing two-thirds to three-quarters of my Christmas holiday shopping online. And I don't know if that's typical or not. That's why I want to hear from you today. 416-360-0740. Toll free. 1-866-740-4740. I'm thinking that that may be atypical, Ray. Uh, no, I think you're definitely in the trend. I know myself. I've done it uh, probably very close to that level of frequency. Uh, the the conveniences, there's a number of things that are very, very uh, beneficial in doing that. The issue, of course, is that people are increasingly concerned about um, a number of things. The compromise of their credit card or their banking card. They're looking increasingly at this issue of uh, identity theft, where people perhaps uh, have known persons in their lives who suddenly uh, somebody comes calling or knocking and saying that they owe a large amount of money or they've acquired vehicles or trips or different things, and uh, a lot of information resolves back to them in terms of full address, date of birth, and so on. There's been a number of really high-profile hacks as well that are breaches to personal data. So Canadians are placing a very high value on their privacy now more than ever, and they're very much concerned around the idea that what, you know, what do governments do, what do different agencies do, what will the retail outlet or the, the government agency that they're dealing with, perhaps we do their license or other things, what are they doing to protect? And there are a number of solutions, and companies like IBM, of course, are, are leading the industry in a number of areas because we're applying such innovations as artificial intelligence to be able to resolve or to solve a lot of that high-frequency, high-impact types of crime. And we're doing that in ways that also involves um, uh, helping uh, a lot of companies and organizations strategize around how can we encourage innovation, encourage uh, a new kind of contact over over the over the internet with our clients and our customers, and um, that is very achievable. But also, I think citizens or Canadians themselves have to learn some tips and tricks themselves to be able to better reduce the risks of exposure of their personal information. Mm, okay, so let's talk more about that. Well, there's a number of things. So there, for example, uh, most of us will use a, a web browser. Uh, it might be uh, Google Chrome or it might be uh, Internet Explorer or uh, Apple Safari, whatever the, um, the brand or company doesn't matter. It's all the same sort of approach where people sit in front of their, their computers and they, they go online and they go to their favorite retail store or their favorite organization to either make a donation or or maybe interact with government, well, they should recognize that that leaves a certain uh, number of cookies or fingerprints all over the Internet, depending on how they they do their Internet browsing. One thing they do, and most people now do some sort of online banking, whether it's by phone or by including their mobile phone or or their computer, uh, they should take um, a couple of quick precautions. 
always, always clear the cache. Mm-hmm. If anybody is not sure, they, it's easy to look up it's to, or ask a friend or family member. And uh, find ways to reduce the amount of information that resides on your Internet browser after you finish your session. In other words, you've done your online banking and you've closed it down and you need to clear all that. That's great, yes. Other things... Other things also involve uh, using your credit card before you use your debit card online, because credit cards are generally uh, much more protected than your debit card. You also want to try to create a way that, um, create an email that's just for online shopping. So if you have one that your friends and family know, don't compromise or potentially lose that very well-known email that you like to use for family and friends by doing online shopping. If by, by chance that company has been hacked or that retailer has been hacked, uh, yes, your credit card might be compromised. That's easily replaced, but you don't want to have to replace your email. Oh, so you and should have a separate email for your online shopping. Is that what you're saying? Correct, sa- yeah, have yeah. a separate one. Just go in there and create one somewhere. If there's lots of free email sure. out there in terms of being able to create it. And use it, and use it only for that purpose. Always, always use unique passwords. Unfortunately, we're still stuck with... Uh, uh, a lot of people still using one password for everything they do, mm-hmm. and we have to recognize that's been the easiest way for criminals to get at everything somebody owns by simply guessing or assuming that the person's using maybe a slight variation to an easy password. We all need to use complex passwords, and they need to be unique for everything we do online. These are really good tips. Now, we've got a bank of callers here who want to get in on the conversation. It's Jane for Libby, and I'm chatting with IBM security expert Ray Boisvert. Let's go to Charlotte in Toronto. Hi, Charlotte. What would you like to add? Oh, hi, Libby. It's uh, Jane. I go just ahead. I wanted to let you know, I, was, I, ordered, I wanted to order something from Wayfair, say, for the very first time online, I'd never done it before, so I followed the the rules, whatever, put in your visa number and everything like that, and I didn't know it was going through, and I got so confused, I called directly to Wayfair and asked them, could they check it? Yes. And they checked it and said visa didn't allow it go through because they saw on my record I had never ordered online before. Oh, that's interesting. Now, Ray, mm-hmm. would that would that be a let's talk to Ray about that? Is that would that be a common practice that if they hadn't seen that kind of activity from a credit card holder that they might flag it? It's increasingly the norm. Most of the banks now have acquired uh, smart software, the ones I was describing by IBM. IBM uh, does uh, uh, about ninety-eight uh, percent of the large financial institutions. They are our customers, so we help them with this artificial intelligence, which really focuses on. The, um, the credit card holders' behavioral aspects of their, uh, their online engagement or purchases. So quite often, if it's something new, something from a site that typically, uh, and I'm not saying Wayfair is one of them, but sometimes a site that may be prone to a lot more challenges, they might double up some of their, um, some of their analytics and suggest that, well, in this case, we're going to hold that payment because we want to protect the, uh, the client's um, credit card. And that does happen more frequently, there's no doubt. And there are benefits to that, but of course, sometimes there's frustrations. Charlotte, were you were you ultimately able, Charlotte, to place your order by clearing that up with Visa? What I did was I got through to Wafer directly and said, could you do it with me talking to you person to person? Because I don't like ordering online. I've never done it before, but right. I thought this was the only way I could do it. And he said, sure. And 
He did it. It went through, and it was fine. Oh, very good. Well, thanks for calling in with your story. You're welcome. Let's go to Joanne in Port McNichol. Joanne, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Oh, hello, Jane. Yes, um, I did all my Christmas shopping this year online, and um, I just love it. Um, you can comparison shop really easily. Uh, I find there's more sales online. I'm not driving around trying to find. I have to buy for about 25 people. So I didn't have any problems even having to exchange gifts this year. So I um, don't have any problems. I haven't had any problems with um, my credit card or my debit card. And I guess I just heard I shouldn't be using my debit card. So uh, it's just been a very positive experience for me. And and you're probably like most Canadians. Uh, wouldn't that be true, Ray? I mean, if you're dealing with major retailers who likely have top security people working for them, you can feel comfortable ordering a gift online. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that um, has happened that to sort of facilitate and to help us be able to shop online more securely is in your browser. So when you're looking at... Uh, at the very top line of where, let's say, the name of the retailer is, as one example, you, we all should be looking for that little symbol of a security lock. Right. Or it's also HTTPS with, with the S at the end. And most, almost all of them are forced into that now in the last year. And that does a, does a tremendous amount of, um, it brings a tremendous amount of benefit around securing the communication between you and your computer and with the retailer at the other end. Joanne, it sounds like you have lots of family and friends if you have 25 people on your list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we had seven children and they're Ah. married and have children of their own. Oh, that explains it. Yes. But well, thank you very much. Thank you for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane Brown for Libby Snymer and IBM security expert Ray Boisvert. Uh Certainly, Ray, most people have finished their shopping now, um, but it, it, but it, we're planning for the future. I mean, I think about other things that we do online, like making charitable donations. Uh, how, how secure are those sites? Well, it's funny enough, my wife was doing something very similar. We try to give a number of charities over the holidays, like most Canadians, and we, she found that the one of our favorite charities uh, did not have that uh, little lock symbol I just mentioned um, in terms of securing, and, and that gives you the indication that the, the charity you're dealing with has a secure website, and so she ended up calling in person. So when in doubt, uh, I think as your first caller had said, she ended up using uh, a telephone to have a direct conversation. That's one way to sort of help reduce the risk. And there's nothing called multi-factor authentication, which is uh, now being suggested, recommended by a number of websites, by a number of organizations. And what it does simply is when you go to log in somewhere or you go to do something online, uh, you've given them authority to ping your phone. In other words, to send you a quick text message to say, hey, is this you uh, who's now visiting, let's say, your relatives, uh, you're using a different Internet, and uh, again, the the anomalies will be recognized by the artificial intelligence. And so if anybody has the opportunity, do look to enable multi-factor authentication to ensure that at least if there's nothing else unusual, somebody's going to be checking with you as simply through a text. Let's go to Sharon in Hamilton. Sharon, go ahead. Oh, Jane, it's Sharon. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. What's on your mind with regards to this topic? 
Yeah. Um, what happened was um, it 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 okay. It deals with um, the online shopping as well. Yes. Um, I I don't really do online shopping um, because I'm visually impaired. Okay. But what happened was somebody scanned me one day. And I was on, um, somebody called me and they said, well, this is a police, but we're going to, we want your, we want your, um, your PIN number. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, I'm sorry, but you have the wrong number. And I'm not sure what to do about it if people call me with, with, when scanners call me, I'm not sure what to do. Well, that and, and that's just, a good question. I'm going to put that to Ray. Thank you for calling in, Sharon. All the best to you. Happy New Year. Yes. And- uh, oh, sorry, I cut her off there. But Ray, I mean, that is a good question. What are the flags for those phone calls that come in that are scams? Well, great question and a really important issue. Uh, that's becoming another more frequent, uh, we call a threat vector, where people are looking at doing cold calls. There's lots of scammers. They're able now to spoof a phone number. In other words, if you look at your phone and those who have um, an ability to um, to be able to get a reading from their phone saying, hey, this is the, let's say we'll call it the Toronto Police Service. So they're even able to fake it that it's from a, maybe it's from the Canada Revenue Agency, but it's actually not. And then they try to intimidate you. I think the first moment or the first sign that somebody says you owe money or that you have done something wrong or that you need to give them your PIN number or your your uh, credentials or other sort of verification information, credit cards, so on, you should just hang up and do not assume that any of this is real because 99.9% is fake. And if they really want to come and see you, they will find a way to reach out to you in person. I found it interesting, um, according to your IBM Canada survey, that 73% of Canadians don't know who holds their data. So every three out of four people don't know where their data is. Is is there a way for, can you describe for us where it's being held? Is it in the cloud? Is it, you know, in multiple clouds? How does that work? Yeah, no, it's a great point as well. It's difficult for everybody to understand that we're into this level of complexity and into a, a way that everything has been globalized in terms of how our information is collected, how it's used, how we shop, how we travel, how we work. So there's lots of ways, and we are moving to the cloud. Uh, we, we know from our own internal, external conversations with our clients and uh, elsewhere that only most companies have only uh, begun their journey to the cloud. And many of the companies have yet to really understand the importance of security. So we've launched, for example, a whole new program around we call Cloud Pack for Security to help all those companies better secure information that is increasingly on the cloud. In other words, your information is dispersed amongst a number of data centers. And um, it would take, it's, I don't think it'd be questioned as much, is it important to know exactly where it is? But I think the question should be posed, do, am I pretty certain or if I ask my institution or my company or my charity if they're doing all the right things to secure my information, whether it's in their own servers or on the cloud through another service provider? Ray, since you're the expert and we just have a minute or so left here, uh, anything that we haven't addressed when it comes to our, our data and our personal security that you'd like to leave us with? I like people to empower themselves. I like them to think that they're not, uh, they don't have to be a victim of this. Uh, there are a number of quick, easy reads and things to look at. We have lots of information on our IBM website as well. 
and to just be thoughtful about it and just to take a couple of simple precautions and uh, don't ever click a, an email attachment from somebody you don't know because that will lead to perhaps a phishing scam or perhaps somebody taking over your computer. And uh, use some of those best practices and always be skeptical. Always be skeptical of anybody who calls you or contacts you and never give up your personal information to anybody online. Fascinating. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for your expertise today. My pleasure, Jane. And best to you and uh, all of your listeners. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.